Malachi chapter 3, reading from verse 1 to 4. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We stand for our gospel reading as Stephen brings it to us. It's our pleasure to have Stephen, I think, speak 10.15 for the first time, but I may be wrong. Um, And uh, Stephen works for ambassadors and does evangelism through sport. Uh, Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. In the fifteenth year of the reign of the Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, the Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip was the ruler of the region of Archeria, and Trachonitis, and and Linaeus, ruler of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of the Lord came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region and around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one calling out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth. And all the flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let me pray. Uh, God, as I speak this morning, I pray I speak your words. And I just thank you that you feel the presence of this room. And I pray the weight of Jesus would just fall on people today. Lord, that you would set people free. In your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Um, Thank you um, for having me, Bimby. This is the first time I spoke at 10.15. Might be the last, uh, but we'll see. Um, Normally, uh, my crowd uh, is a lot of footballers. And so when I'm normally sharing, uh, it's normally around uh, a lot of footballers. So very different to being in a church setting. Uh, This summer, in fact, um, I was sharing. And with lots of footballers out in the open, out of the corner of my eye, I spotted a man uh, who was facing a bush. And I looked at him closely, thinking, what is he doing? And I turned out he was relieving himself as I was speaking in the the bush. And so at that point, I could do the only thing I thought of doing. And as I called him out and said, you over there, what are you doing? 
and he turned around a little bit embarrassed, uh, but then covered himself up. Um, so that's my normal setting. Um, so there we go. It was encouraging because Keith, uh, as last few weeks, has got me ready. He said that Keith might say to me, if, if he's reading a book, he bought a book just in case. So thank you, Keith, for that to encourage me. Um, also, in terms of my outfit, this is as smart as you're going to get, unless I'm attending a wedding or a funeral. So there we go. But um, to, to kick off with a controversial statement, I do not like Christmas. Okay, so that's that's the truth of it. I do not like Christmas, but I love Jesus. And there's reasons why I don't like Christmas, and I'll share them with you. It's the pressure. I find Christmas puts so much pressure on people, on getting ready for Christmas Day, families, and it, it becomes so much pressure that people forget the true meaning behind Christmas. The second is the money. The money involved in Christmas is, is unbelievable. Like All the presents you have to buy, you feel like you have to spoil children because everyone is spoiling their children. There's just so much pressure and commercialism around Christmas. And the other thing is remembering. Uh, I've got two kids, uh, Lucy and Ava. Ava's in year three. I've got an A4 piece of paper of lists of events that she is doing in the next couple of weeks. Also, I don't know if you've had it in the past where um, you're somewhere and someone gives you a present and you're so thankful for that present that then you've remembered that you haven't got them a present. Or the Christmas cards. And every year, I'm, I like to record all the Christmas cards I receive just to make sure I get them next year. Uh, and then when, when someone gives you a Christmas card you don't expect it from, you're like, oh no, I've missed them. Do I have time to return a card? And it becomes about remembering. But actually, Jesus is not someone to remember He is alive today. And that is the greatest news of all. In in Malachi, um, we we read about uh, the prophecy of Malachi talking about someone who's going to come prepare the way, who is John the Baptist. He's coming to prepare the way for something new, for something um, completely different. And actually, if you read the background into Malachi, um, that before Malachi, you have Nehemiah and the book of Ezra, and it talks about the people returning to Jerusalem. And they return to Jerusalem, they've rebuilt uh, the walls of Jerusalem. And in, in the book of Nehemiah, it talks about how Nehemiah started to re help the poor people in the community. They weren't doing that. Um, obeying the Sabbath, um, which is something they weren't doing, and I'm sure many of us don't do to this day, and tithing. And he was recalling the people of. Um, of Israel back to what they were supposed to be. But actually in the book of Malachi, we read before that, in Malachi um, 6, 1 to 14, it talks about um, the blemished sacrifices. People weren't bringing their best to God. Uh, The corrupt priests who were doing things wrong they shouldn't have. In Malachi 2, 14 to 15, it talks about the unfaithfulness of couples who are not being faithful to one another. In Malachi 3, it talks about the robbing God of tithes not giving God what he deserves, not giving God the money. And I came to think, the background to Malachi, is it different today? Actually, in today's generation, is it much different? Because there's so much falling away from where we should be. I read in the Church Times that because of COVID, there's nearly a third drop in church attendance. Our people today, people in the UK, we are moving away but Jesus is here, and we get to prepare the way for Jesus. So we read in um, Malachi 3 about, obviously, um, he's talking about the new, um, 
He's talking about preparing the way uh, for Jesus. He's talking about John the Baptist. And when John the Baptist comes, he talks about making paths straight. And this is the new gospel. This is the new what is coming to afresh. Um, I had my mum over yesterday. And I don't know when you have people over, when you're preparing for people to come round, if you do what I do, just hide everything that they don't want to see into one room. You're clearing the way for them. You're getting everything you don't want. You're running around with the hoover. You're preparing the way for them. And it's not different in the olden days. When kings visited towns and cities, if there was a road that wasn't straight, they would tell them, make that road straight. Make it clear. Make it welcoming for people. Make it so the king can get straight where he's supposed to be. And that is what John the Baptist was saying. When he was talking about um, making his path straight and he was talking about the salvation of God coming and actually there'll be a clear path to God. And there's a clear path for every single one of us today. And, and Malachi was talking just about the refiner's, um, the refiner's fire and actually there's a clear path to God where it now does not come down to what we do. Because if it comes down to what I do, I fail every day. But it comes down to Jesus on that cross. So how can we get ready um, for Jesus and in, in ourselves? Because actually Jesus um, is, is just a clear path to God. It's no longer about the regulations and the Old Testament in terms of all those rules. I'm reading uh, Deuteronomy at the moment and it's rule after rule. And I'm like, wow, that actually Jesus um, came to change all that. And even better, because um, he's quoting from Isaiah 40, um, 3 to 5. And it finishes with the words, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. It is no longer for, for a certain people group. It is for all people. In the NIV, it says all nations. What, what a great gift that we have to prepare the way for every single person. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you have done. Jesus is there um, for all people. It talks about um, the refining of fire in Malachi. And as I said, I, my mum came over and I was hiding everything in the, um, in the cupboards, getting everything, making it, just making it completely clear of all the rubbish. And actually, I, I, so many times in my own life, um, I've hidden things. And I don't know about you, you hide things from people. And actually, sometimes we hide things from God that we think that we just don't want them to know about. We're ashamed of them. And so I was, I was looking, I was thinking, I, I, Googled, I was Googling to how to refine um, silver and gold, and there should be some pictures hopefully coming up uh, now, if they're there. Brilliant. So to re- the refining process, um, it, it, you have to come under intense heat. So the item of silver gold has to be under intense heat. Um, under that pressure of the heat, it has to be watched intently to see the process. And when the process is done, it has to be removed straight away. And I was thinking about how, like, God is the refiner of us. And we, he can refine us to exactly how we're meant to be. Not ourselves. You can't refine yourself. Only Jesus can. But it comes with sitting in the fire of God. And I was thinking, Anthea this morning shared about weight. And uh, I brought a weight. So thank you, Anthea, for that. Uh, But she was talking about the weight of sin. And I was thinking about the weight of God. Um, my daughter, Lucy, you may have seen her, she likes to jump on people. She really loves to jump on people. And sometimes I'm ready, sometimes I'm not. And, but when she jumps on you, I actually feel, I feel her presence. 
because she's on me and I can feel her presence. And so many of us, like God is always there, but how many times do you stop and allow the presence, the weight of God to fall upon you? Because actually what happens is day by day sometimes, especially on Christmas Day in the past, it gets to four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm thinking, I have not even prayed today and it's Jesus' birthday. Because we're so busy. We're so busy with work. We're so busy with families. And there's so much going on. We're so busy. But we don't allow the weight of God to fall upon us. In the baptism of Jesus, which comes on later in Luke in the chapter, it talks about the spirit like a dove coming to rest on Jesus. How can we prepare the way in us for Jesus? We have to spend time with him daily. And this is not a, he's with us, a quick prayer. This is a, a stopping. This is a stopping and saying, God, today I want to rest in you. I want to allow the weight of Jesus, of his Holy Spirit to fall upon me. And there are different ways to do that. We all do it in very different ways. I know people have different scenarios and how they, they rest in Jesus. I have a God chair in my house. Um, and when I sit in that chair, that's when I kind of switch off to the world and I just try and sit in a chair and talk to God. I know some people go for walks and look around and pray. But what we have to do is we have to spend our time with Jesus because Jesus is the one that makes us clean. There's a story um, a few years ago. Sorry, listen. A few years ago, um, I was praying and I remembered something when I was a teenager at school, something that I did that I was unhappy with. It was the way I treated someone. And I, I, was, I was sitting with God, and I just remember this moment, and I just could not shake it from my mind. I just couldn't shake it. And I had to contact this girl to say sorry. And I hadn't spoken to her for a minute for about 15 years. And the only way I could find her was on Facebook. And so I found her on Facebook, and I sent her a message to say, look, I don't know if you remember, 15 years ago this happened, and I really want to apologise for it. Um, she messaged back saying, I don't remember. It's okay, it's fine, thank you. She was, and she lives in Australia now, and I've not spoken to her again since. And I wondered why I had to do it, but it was for me. It's because it was, it was on me, and God wanted to clean that away from me. And that scenario only came around because I was resting in God's presence. So how can we prepare the way for God in us? It's about spending time with him. It's about, it's about loving him. Because ultimately, he knows everything. He knows everything about us. So do we rest in God? Can we be refined by God? And that is the challenge for all of us this week and beyond. Um, The next, preparing the way for the future. I've got another prop. Um, So preparing the way for the future. And I was thinking, I I was given this book um, by, so my dad died two years ago. And I was given this book by my stepmom in a Tesco's bag. And I took it home thinking absolutely nothing of this book. And then uh, I opened it up and, and something really struck me and reminded me about generations to come. Like, we can prepare the way for ourselves, but we can also prepare the way for generations to come. And generation upon generation and generation upon generation upon generation. Why do I say that? Well, this book, I opened, uh, it's a Bible, it's a New Testament, and I opened the inscription inside. And it said this, it said, George Smith Reed which I found out was my great-great-granddad, I believe. And it says, Servants of the Living God, 3rd of November, 1882. 
and I was just completely, like, completely just kind of struck by it. Um, and actually, it came the day after um, I was made to watch Who Do You Think You Are about the time tree, and I thought, oh, that, that's a really rubbish show. Why does anyone care about what happened in the past? But God gave me this book, and it just reminded me, God cares what happened in the past. Turns out my great-great-granddad, he lived out his faith. He served a living God. My great-granddad went to church but didn't live it out. My dad made lots of mistakes, I can tell you that, but he loved God. Me, I've made lots of mistakes, um, but I love God. But it matters. It matters because it talks in the Bible about the Old Testament, about the generations to come, and you should bind it on your doorposts. And and what you do can affect the generation upon a generation after you. And so maybe you're sitting here thinking, well, actually, I'm the first I know of in my family to be a Christian. Or maybe you're sitting here thinking, well, actually, I don't know how far it goes back. Um, God knows. And actually, what we do now is so significant for the generations to come. And and our children's children and our children's children's children. We can prepare the way. How do we do that? We live in the presence of God. And by doing that, it will just naturally flow out to our families, to our children. We are significant to God. There's no mistake that you're here this morning. He wants to impact you and he wants to impact beyond you to to your family, to those around you. We can impact generations. Jesus is alive and he's moving and he wants to move today and he wants to move generations. He wants to bring um, people back to him. And my last one was preparing the way now. How can we prepare the way now? Not just in us, but in those around us, in our friends, in our families. How can we, as, as John the Baptist was talking about, how can we say to people, look, this Jesus is here. He's making our paths straight to God. If we believe that Jesus died on the cross, we can be forgiven. How can we do that to those around us? I'm going to share a story with you that I'm not happy about, um, but it's very significant in my life. I was at 15 years old in year 10 of school. I wasn't going to church at this point, and um, I just changed schools, so there's a lot of pressure, and I ended up going to this party. I ended up drinking far too much alcohol, um, I'm being very honest with you. And um, it was over in Croydon, and I lived in Penge, and I had to get um, a train back to my house, a train and a tram. Um, I'm not quite sure how I got back to near my house, but I remember getting off the tram and started walking back to my house. And I remember this lady coming up to me, and I remember this so significantly. Uh, I don't know if it was a a lady, an angel. It was someone who had a massive impact with such small words. And she came up to me and asked for directions, and I think I sent her in the right way. I'm not sure. Uh, But she asked for directions. But her passing words, as she left me, were, good night, God bless you. And I remember looking at her eyes, and I just knew God loved me. I, I, just, I just, I really remember it. And like, I, I, was, I was drunk at the time, but I remember looking at her eyes and knew how significant that was, that she said that to me. And it was such a small thing. Like our words, like those moments at work, in supermarkets, in Tesco's, walking down the street, good morning, God bless you. Like we, those small words can have such big impact. Like that lady will never know that I'm talking about her um, 20 years later because of those small words that she said. We can prepare the way now 
for Jesus to come into people's lives just by being willing to share small things. I had physio the other week on a Friday night at seven o'clock. It was late night and uh, the physio asked me what I did, which always leads to interesting conversations. Because I go, oh, I play football and tell people about Jesus. And he goes, what? And um, he basically started, he, and I said to him, this is always my reply, oh, do you have faith yourself? And we, we just started talking about God. And he was massaging my calf muscle. It was a Friday night about seven o'clock. And he said, this has got really deep. All because I was just willing to say a couple of things. Like, do you have faith? Yeah, I go to church. And it wasn't like, I didn't lead him to God. I didn't do anything of that. I was just willing to say, I have faith. Do you have faith? I just want to hear a bit about your story. Next time I see him, because I'm sure I'll be injured again soon, um, I'm going to to take him a gospel. I've got gospel um, Bibles at home. And sometimes I just carry them around with me. And I'll just say, here you go. Here's my faith in this book. Please go right away and read it. There are such simple ways to prepare the way for Jesus in others. Like we don't have to lead them. We don't have to make them come to Christ because God does that. And and as we know, many of us have got stories of people coming into our lives for a little bit but having a significant impact. Um, There's people here that I know who share all the time, they call it um, those moments when a name pops into your head and you just have to contact them because you just feel like God's told you to contact them. On Friday, somehow, I I ended up in uh, the daughter's school in Tubbenden Primary School with a pastor from a church in Crystal Palace um, who ended up talking about Jesus in front of 400 kids. Like, and it was such a powerful moment, all because I saw his name and thought, he's coming to the school, I'll just say hello, I'll just talk to him. So I sent him a message, and then he invited me into the school, all because I was just willing to act on that moment. And the thing is, sometimes for all of us, we get so busy with life that we just, there's, there's moments when we can just sit down and text people or ring people that we miss it. So we have the chance... Um, to prepare the way now in others. And the greatest news of all is this is the partnership um, between you and God. Because the the Trinity of God is the greatest partnership. It's the greatest strike partners you've ever seen. It's you've got God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the great news is we get to be part of that partnership. And he wants to use you uh, today, now. So how can we respond to this? Because I'm, I'm very active and I'm a guy of action and I don't want to come down from here thinking oh, I haven't asked you to respond to this in some way. So I have two responses, two challenges for you today as I finish. For yourself, this week, today, is to spend time with Jesus. Whether you're walking, whether it's that 10 minutes before you switch on your computer, whether it's in the morning before the kids get up and you're just sitting down and you've got 10 minutes, stop be still and ask the weight of Jesus and his presence to fall upon you because he wants to share that with you every day, every moment. He wants to refine you into his um, children of God even more. And the second one is, is that I want to ask the Spirit to put a name in our hearts. Um, so in a second, I'm going to ask us to close our eyes and we'll ask the Holy Spirit to fall and give you one name. And I don't know who that name is um, at all. Um, and today at some point I want you to contact that person the name that that person gives you or God gives you and it can be a simple how are you I was thinking about you in church today or this is my favourite Bible verse and you send your Bible verse or it could be 
is there anything I can pray for? Or do you want to go for coffee this week? Because God wants to, us to care for people today. Um, so let me finish with praying, and then I'll ask those names to come. So let me pray. Um, God, I thank you uh, for John the Baptist. I thank you for his heart uh, to prepare the way for Jesus. I thank you that in preparing the way for Jesus, he's made it so simple to come to you because of Jesus on that cross. Our sins are completely forgiven. And so God, we want to prepare the way in ourselves. So God, I pray this week that we would remain in your presence. We would spend, allow you the weight of God, his love, his joy, his peace, all to fall upon us and to know that we're loved and children of God. And I pray now, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would give us a name in our heart right now. God, I thank you for that name. And I pray as we contact them, Lord, that you go before us and you use that moment to prepare the way in them, whether it's just a word of encouragement, whether it's just knowing that someone is there praying for them and knowing that they're not on their own. God, we want to prepare the way for Jesus now. This is not a memory anymore. This is truth and alive. And so, God, we want to bring your glory to this world, and we thank you that you do that in partnership with us. In your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Let's stand and, and do what Steve has encouraged us to do in, in